Hey, I'm having trouble hearing you, unfortunately. Did I... Yeah, I... Uh oh <laughs> I... Well, uh, so... So I guess this is uh, going out. So yeah, I can hear you now. Yeah. Oh, no. Okay. 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 All right. Hello, Invisible Man. How does it feel? Being invisible. Great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, technology can be fun. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> that was the technology gods joking, right? <laughs> That's great. Good, good. I'm doing well. I'm excited to be here. I'm sorry. Awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Well, um, I guess that could have two meanings. Um, and we'll start with the, the literal one. Um, Nemo is Latin for no one. Um, and it's sort of a, it's a joke uh, going all the way back to uh, Captain Nemo on the submarine in 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. It's Captain Nobody. Um, finding Nemo, kind of a joke, it's finding nobody. So Nemo sum, sum means I am in Latin. So Nemo sum is I am nobody. Um, and it started out as uh, actually kind of as a joke. We're talking about jokes tonight. Um, I put it on my license plate. Um, as a personalized license plate because I, I, I spent all this time in traffic and I would be trying to figure out what this license plate meant. And I would sometimes be behind the same person day after day, just trying to figure out what that meant. And then I ended up being something like real estate person. And I'm like, Oh, it was so disappointing. I finally cracked it. And inside is, is something so, so I decided it would be funny to put in Latin, I am nobody um, on, my, on my license plate. And so if, every, if anybody ever figured out that it was Latin and looked it up, it would be, it would be a joke. But 
I started driving around town with I Am Nobody on, on the back of my car. And I found all of a sudden that it was the, it felt really empowering. It felt like I could step away from a lot of the expectations that, that I had when I was uh, put on me when I was younger, right? I could kind of step back from those things and I could just be myself. I am nobody. I can begin there. And, um, so, um, uh, I, when people ask me, sometimes it's on my arm right here. Um, and uh, when people ask me, sometimes at the grocery store, what's, what does that mean? Um, I say it is both, it is simultaneously a statement of humility. I am nobody and defiance. I am not that person that you think I am. Um, so that's so it's kind of the the name um uh so i guess I, I started there and then i at the at the larger um i uh i've been um writing poetry of the last four years um after a very long break that i took um to get serious about my career <laughs> it was a it was a dark time but um uh, I, I started writing again, um, and I had a, uh, uh, an experience where someone was helped by one of my poems and it, it was a, you know, sort of a transformative moment when, when I realized that my poetry could be, um, received by other people, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Right. Right. No. Oh. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, it, it started the same way both times when I was 15. Um, I was living with a bunch of college students um, in a, at a in campus in, in Italy. And um, 
I found it very frustrating because I couldn't really talk to anybody. 19-year-olds don't really want to chat with a 15-year-old about life and stuff. So I found myself unable. I wanted to say all of these things. And so I was walking down the street and past the stationery store, grabbed a notebook. And, and I don't, why did I start writing poetry? I don't know. I don't know. But that's what I needed to get out. That's what happened. I just started putting it down because I had words that needed to, to be said. And uh, I guess there's a gray area at some point, what's poetry, what's prose, what's, you know, just short fiction versus what would be a poem. Um, but I, I feel like the poetry is the, is the playing with words, the doing more than just these are the words I want to say, but, but really you know, the, the, the rhyme or the meter or the, the double meanings, the personifications, the metaphors, etc. It, it's, it's, it's powerful, but it's also a game. It's also a puzzle um, that, that we put together, I think. And it's, it's, uh, it's a game we play together. Um, yeah. I guess so. Um, I don't tend to like, I've got a few rhyme and meter, um, but mostly I would say free form. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever, whatever I'm being moved by at the, at the, at that time, I think. Yeah. It, um, I, I, you know, uh, wow. Uh, that's a great question. I think that part of the nature of the poetry itself is that it comes from that deepest part of, of, of the child, you know, what we call an inner child. It, it's um, the vulnerability flows from that, from there. And it is that part of me's desire or need to be heard that, that, that brings the poetry out in the first place. I have to be courageous enough to, to go ahead and let it pass by me to get out into the world by, by, by putting it on social media, by performing it. Um, but I think that the vulnerability is there in the poetry for me from the outset. And it's really a question of curating that, if, if that makes sense. Oh, thank you. Okay. This is uh, Red Sky. The sky is red, but it isn't burning, isn't hot. And now it's full of the leather-winged heralds of hopelessness, who have screens for faces, ever broadcasting the message of their masters that something once had is lost, or at least it's fading fast. The wicked winds of change are blowing, 
and I am alone, driving away from the demon city, yellow lights blinking on and off and onto empty roads. And how fast I'm going doesn't matter because there's no reason to stop, no reason for these tears, hands gripping the steering wheel, too tired to brush away the exhaustion that creeps up my shoulders to my neck, exhaustion that is going to crawl into my ear canal and make a painful passage to my brain. Maybe it's sulfur I smell, or maybe that's my dinner riding beside me as my senseless passenger, handed to me in a bag by another lost soul, stranded in a colorful building with only the company of strangers out the window. But we didn't make eye contact for fear of seeing each other's broken heart. Now the sky is black and my eyelids do nothing to block the sting of the taillights and stoplights out in front of me. I can feel the tower, metal fingers reaching up to reopen the wound in the belly of the beast we call the sky. And the blood looks like light shining up into clouds hanging low instead of souls raining down. For I have been in that tower, watched the goods divided, portioned out with clumsy cuts to be packed in shipping crates, bound for the money men who would never deign to be seen by eyes so unworthy in faces black with soot. And, and that poem ends with a semicolon because I'm not sure if it's done yet. I feel like there may be more to say, uh, but, uh, but for the moment, I, I feel like that piece needs to be out there. So. <laughs> yeah. Thank you.
so that is based on a real guy uh, that, yeah, that um, if you drove, it was a burger place that was near the, where I lived at the time. And uh, you, it was tw a 24 hour joint. And I would drive up at all, in all hours of the night, right? Because I'd been out working. Um, and uh, he, through the microphone, would do like the most friendly voice. Like a lot of people thought it was a recording. You know, hey, how are you? Welcome to Burger Place, right? And he would do the whole, you know, you'd say, well, I'd like one without onions. Without onions, you've got it, you know. But when you drove around to pick up the order, when he came out the window, he wouldn't talk. He wouldn't say anything. He was just like, here, go. Like, um, and, and so I feel like um, sometimes that's, <laughs> that's, you know, like us, when we're talking through a microphone, um, then we can we can put our our all into it but when it comes to actually trying to interact person to person that can be really challenging and i feel like in that situation both he and i were trying to do the right thing by working and we both felt like something was terribly wrong and and uh so that that the that may have over explained that line <laughs> but there it is Mm. <laughs> right. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Okay. I feel like there's a whole, you know, like the four writers of the apocalypse, right? There's the four writers of, of writer's block. Um, oh, uh, I think there's a number of different reasons. Sometimes it's trauma. Uh, I had some stuff happen to me a few years ago and I didn't, I couldn't write 
right after that. I had to, to go for months, um, but it came back, you know, um, it's part of the healing process. So um, I think sometimes that, you know, too much is happening in our lives and that disconnects or too much is happening in my life and that disconnects me from, from my writing. Um, fear, uh, fear that just keeps coming back. Um, that will, that will separate me from my writing. Um, if I don't feel like a piece is strong enough, even if it's something I really want to say, I really want to explain to people. Um, but I don't feel like it's like, like it's good enough or, or I'm feeling like it's extra vulnerable and I don't know that I want to do that. Um, uh Oh, <laughs> my brain periodically reboots. So, uh, I can be like right in the middle of the sentence. <laughs> so sorry about that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, age. Right. Good. Yeah. 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 Sometimes it's hard to put it out there. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. I think those are the main, those are the main causes, the challenges that stop me from producing. Um, Uh, listening to and spending time in the company of other poets, uh, going to shows, listening on open mics, um, going to in-person open mics, going to in-person shows. Um, I, uh, I got to participate in a show, uh, here in Charlotte, uh, Friday, Saturday and Sunday, we did the same show, um, uh, in person for the Gorilla Poets. And it was very inspiring to, to be able to do that and connect with an audience um, uh, in, in person. I think that there's a lot to be said uh, for the online experience, and I love it. And it's definitely a way to connect with people across the globe. 
but there is something different about being in a room um, with a group of people. Uh, and, and in this case, we were performing primarily for non-poets. And that was really interesting, too, because, um, you know, I think with online, I get kind of used to performing for poets. And that has its ups and downs, right? But uh, being in person again, that was, that was pretty cool. So, um, yeah, thank you. Anytime that, anytime that happens, that's when I'm, that's when I'm getting home and I'm scribbling in my notebook, right? Um, that's when I need to get, that's when the voices start coming, right? And the, the words start coming. So, yeah. Um, I think it's, I think they really liked it. We had people come up after the show and say that they really enjoyed it. We, we certainly got some, uh, good applause and engagement. Um, I think the show was about incarceration and it was poems written by, uh, teens that were in the juvenile detention centers. Um, and intermixed with our poems about being trapped in incarceration. Um, uh, so it was an intense show. It was very intense. Uh, and it was, you know, probably about 40 minutes long, all, all told. So it's, you know, that was, it, would, it was hard to be part of it. I imagine it was probably hard to be part of the audience, too, for, for part of it. So, um, uh, you know, I think, but, uh, but that's, I think that's what they were there for. Um, in this case, it wasn't just people off the street. It was people who got tickets to come and see us. So, um, I think that there was a, there was a desire for that kind of intensity, that kind of, you know, they were seeking it out. So. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> okay, okay. This is called Lost. Lately, I can't find my words. They used to come so easily that I could choose the perfect ones. I get others' words stuck in my head, songs and slogans, their sing-song simplicity stuck on repeat, saying nothing over and over, but my own are missing. The other day, my doctor asked if I felt afraid. I tried to explain that I have an urgent need to not be wrong anymore, that I feel unbearable. But he just nodded and we moved along. Abandonment runs in my family. My people don't say goodbye when they leave. And perhaps that's because they don't have the words. So maybe I am afraid. 
Maybe I don't know what I'll do when the next big wave hits. Maybe I feel like my determination is waning. Maybe I fear that my mind will crack again, and what I say will only serve to send me to a place where my words mean nothing. Thank you. Yeah, right? <laughs> uh. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Sounds like he agrees. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, yes.
so many things going through my head right now. Um, so I'm going to have to say it would be my grandfather, um, my mother's father. Uh, he was orphaned when he was a child. Um, and he talked, he, we didn't have much chance. We didn't have much overlap where I was an adult and, and he was, uh, capable of having a conversation with me about it, but we did have a few conversations. And I think that that legacy of damage, you know, that he, he didn't, you know, his, his dad betrayed him by leaving um, and, and, and he had to fight that demon his entire life. And I think I would just want to ask him to share those experiences with me. How did he succeed? How did he fail? How did he fight his fight so that I can, you know, that I could really learn from that? I think it's unfortunate that I didn't have a chance to to talk to him in a, you know, in the way that, that we could communicate on that level. Right. That I knew what questions to ask. Right. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that's, that's would be my answer right now. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, um, it is all handwritten. So, um, yeah, I got a Japanese calligraphy pen. Uh, it's right here. This is my <laughs> calligraphy pen. And I wrote out um, some a lot of my micro poems. About, I think it's about 25 in the book. Um, and then I had a friend of mine from high school, very, very talented illustrator, do the illustrations or do illustrations that are interspersed through the book. Um, and I, I, I laid the book out in three parts. So the first part um, are poems about being in the midst of the hardest part of it. And then the second poem or the second part is about turning the corner. And then the third part is about achieving some sense of peace um, or, or at least some, you know, idea of or, or ability to go forward. Right. So in the third part is where I have the paper warrior piece that, that you said you uh, it was inspired by. Um, and because that's a piece about recognizing my own determination. Right. Um, so if you go to nemosumwords.com, uh, you can download a digital copy. Um, so I, when I was about to publish my book, the pandemic hit and I thought, you know, this book is about my journey and if it's going to help people, then I'm just going to put it out there. And so if you would like to download a copy, please do. <laughs> uh, 
That is, that, thank you, that's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm the paper warrior, and I fight the wind. No matter how many times I get blown down, I get back up to be blown down again. I don't think of myself as weak, maybe brave, determined. I hope that I'm not a fool to keep fighting, but it's possible. I am the paper warrior and I fight the wind. Thank you. Yes, yes, extra inspired. Mm. Right. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. It's a piece about, uh, about having a mood disorder as many of my pieces ultimately are, but, um, it's, it's an insurmountable, uh, the odds, you know, with, uh, sometimes with mood disorders, there is, there is no fully healing from it. It's a healing process, but that it's never, it's never going to go away. It's never going to be gone. And I think for a long time, that really bothered me. That really got into my head and, and into my heart, really, is that I felt like I can't win. There's no way I can win. But I think getting to the point where I can write this piece, uh, getting to a point where I can recognize that that's okay. Uh, you know, yeah, all of us, there's going to be one thing that's going to take us out and then that we're not going to come back from it. But not today, you know, <laughs> not today. Um, and, and so you're right. We get back. We have to get back up. Uh, I'm going to have 
a, a mood crash. It's going to happen. It may not happen today. It may happen tomorrow, <laughs> you know, but I can't, I can't let that stop me from when it's not affecting me of living as much as I can a full and complete life. Okay. All right. So, um, I wrote this poem, uh, depression came by today with my bridal to remind me to put it on and to let me know how disappointed she is in me for not wearing it. Um, I wrote this piece. It was one of the ones that kind of came into my head fully formed and I kept hearing it. So I wrote it down and I took it to my therapist and she liked it so much that she asked me if I would be willing to like write it out. So I actually I painted it. Um, I painted it out because, you know, it's a microphone. So it fit on one, one page. Um, and I decided to, to have it framed. So I took it to the local framer and, and, I, and I gave it, you know, and they put a really nice frame on it. And when I came back to pick it up, the framer said, did, you know, did you write this? And I said, yeah. And, and she was just, suddenly, I, I suddenly the, there was a connection. There was a human connection and she was so grateful. She said, Oh, this piece, this is so, you know, tr for her was transformative, right? 
and to realize that that could happen, that these that these things that I needed to say, that I needed to get out on paper, could help other people that are experiencing these things, but maybe don't have the words to describe them. Not in that way. Um, that, that, as you were talking about before, that phenomenon, that amazing thing where two people come together, share vulnerability, and, and achieve a great freedom and, and healing that comes from that, right? Um, so to recognize that that was there, I think at that point, given the nature of me, who I am as a person, there's no point at any of thinking of doing anything else at that point. When I, once I realized that that could, that, that my poems could be helpful to other people, that they could, that they could help uh, and have helped people to say things that they felt that they, that they weren't otherwise able to. Um, well, you know, I'm dropped, every, dropped everything else. Um, and, and yeah, I want to, I want to, I want to do that. So that's what I do. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, yo. Um, so my next piece is a micro triptych. Um, it is, yeah. So it's three thematically connected micro poems. Uh, it is really the solution to a problem, uh, which is how to perform micro poetry on an open mic. Is if I try to come in with a poem, with a micro poem, just about the time that uh, um, that the that the audience has settled into listening to me, I'm done. Right, the micro poem is over. So, um, uh, so a micro triptych takes three micro poems together to to extend the time, <laughs> but also to give it more depth. The how the three poems talk to one another is sort of the reason why the microtriptych exists. All right. Ah, uh, wouldn't, wouldn't you know? So I was explaining the microtriptych, um, that it's three thematically connected micropoems.
Right. 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 Yeah. Okay. Depression has been sitting on my couch today, making exasperated noises, carefully interjecting in the quiet moments what could have been if I wasn't such a disappointment. Despair is close by. I can smell her hiding and waiting for me to come and find her so that she can hold me until there is only breath and pain because there is always pain. Do you ever have a day where you don't want to be awake, but staying in bed means more nightmares? Do you ever get up to find depression waiting in the hallway in all her splendor? Do you ever feel like you're trapped in a glass box and you can't touch anything Everything is separated from you by a cool, lifeless pain. Do you ever get to the point where you haven't eaten because that would require making a decision and that's too much to ask right now? Do you ever believe that everyone is upset and disappointed in you? You've used up the last of your friend's goodwill and support and now you truly are alone. Do you ever sense that your messages aren't getting through, your words wasted, sent into the empty? Do you ever feel sad, and the only reason is that your mood has decided to fuck with you today? Do you ever want to scream? Do you ever need to cry? Do you ever have one of those days? Help wanted, urgent to fill. Must have experience with crisis and crashes and crying. Must know interventions, be able to read intentions, and be okay with failing. Must be able to handle doubt. Perfect candidate has been broken, has been hopeless, has been lost. Must be able to find the light at the end of the tunnel or at least never stop trying. Serious inquiries only. Thank you.
Depression isolates, depression kills. Right? And and Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Oh, no. Mm. Cats, cats are big fans. I, I can't help it. They're, they're really into my work. Right. Yeah, when I'm performing, I try to get something to dingle dangle while I'm while I'm doing it, right? Right. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs>
it's it's the the little I've soaps, the little soaps and the little shampoos and all of those. Yeah, just yeah, I'll clear them out. <laughs> sometimes sometimes i'm not a big raisin person i feel like oh there we go oh yeah they didn't make so you like raisin, chocolate-covered raisin. Yes. Right. I like marshmallows in my hot chocolate. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> well, I've always got my little dog with me, so it's impossible for me to be home alone. Oh wow! I'm editing all the uh, all the answers that would be inappropriate. <laughs> like, hmm, that person might. Be <laughs> yeah, it's a, it, that's a bit of a. Uh, you're gonna pull out a notepad? Oh, okay, all right, yeah. <laughs> Something tells me I would see that document again in court, right? Oh, it says right here that you were going to take out uh, Mrs. Smith. <laughs> you could say, I know nobody. Okay. Oh, matter of hours. Yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm not a, I'm not a, the, my, my skill set does not, translate well into a post-apocalyptic environment. I, I think they'll eat the poets first, right?
right? And we and we have a <laughs> we have an irritating tendency to point out the truth as we see it. Uh, yeah, we definitely poets get eaten first. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, if it's uh, sufficiently smart and knows Kung Fu, maybe just one chicken. Kung Fu chicken, right? <laughs> nice. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's okay. Yellow. Yellow. Yeah. Yellow, the light's about to change. Yellow, I would never wear a yellow sweater. Uh, yeah, yellow, definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess I'm going to have to go with broccoli arms. I think I'm, I'm going to have to go with broccoli. Yeah. want to give it the due consideration that it deserves, you know? <laughs> yes, we did. Oh, awesome. I look forward to using the other app. Stupid price.
Yeah, um, you are not alone. Uh, we are in this together. We really are. And I think that um, we can we can work to bridge the gaps and, and, and bring people together. Um, and when we do, we get to participate in this miracle that you and I have been talking about this evening, where by bringing our vulnerability together, we're, we're able to share that, you know, uh, we're able to come together. Two humans are hard to beat. You know, you asked the question about how many chickens would it take to bring down an elephant? Well, two humans are pretty hard to beat. We, we are more than the sum of our parts often. That's one of the things that makes humans successful. Hmm. Yeah, I have made some dear, dear friends um, in workshops, and you know, um, when when we're able to be vulnerable, when 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 I'm brave enough to be vulnerable, I get to meet these amazing people. Um, who, who are also being brave, you know, so that we get to make that connection. So, yeah. <laughs> Again, yes, it's the Dingle Dangles. So, yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. That means the world to me. Okay. 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 <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah.
Yeah. <laughs> sure. Sure. <laughs> but it was going to be great. It was going to be great. Mm -hmm. I don't Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. There, there is, uh, yeah, there, there is, a. Uh, Passing resemblance, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Date. Yeah. <laughs> there it goes.
I'd love that. Okay. 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 Yeah, I'll do that. Well, thank you. <laughs> well, I have had a wonderful time. So thank you so much for having me. Um, uh, it's just, you, you're right. In an open mic environment, it, you don't have time to get to know people. And um, it's nice. It's nice to have someone interested to ask, you know, these interesting questions and, and make me uh, make me think and uh, reflect. I am totally talking about that because then there's that question of whether it's cheddar, right? Do you wear cheddar on the broccoli or or, or yeah. Right. No, yeah, melted, right. Of course, then it's like a yellow sweater. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for coming. It was, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks.